Welcome back to the College Podcast here at Fourth and Inches UK. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. We are back. It's been a few weeks off. We've recharged, we've, we've regenerated, we've, we've had a little break, come up with some ideas and we are back. Uh, yeah, I was going to say we are back constantly throughout the whole podcast because we are back. But yeah, we it's, are been back. A, it's, it's been a nice little break for us all. Um, we've been doing podcasts weekly. Um, you know, since the since a couple of weeks into the NFL college season when we first started this idea, and yeah, we we thought it was a natural time to give us a little bit of a break. You know, we've just had the NFL draft. We did did a couple of weeks of recapping it, and it's a bit of a dead time. You know, the the college teams are, are going have gone through the back end of spring ball, sort of the crossover towards heading towards summer ball. Uh, in the NFL, players are just starting to come back. Over the last couple of weeks, the OTAs had rookie mini camps and stuff like that, and then they'll be off again. I think you know they're only going to be sort of in town in their new teams for the next week, and then they're off again for five weeks until they uh, join up for summer camp and the build up to the NFL season. So, where do we start? Well, what, what we're going to talk about? We've got some great, great things to, to chat about today. Um, we've got some some things that happened uh, in in sort of the news. Uh, we're going to make some bold predictions on a couple of things. And I've got a game that I've not even told Suck and Tristan what we're going to be playing. Uh, and they're going to find out a little bit later. Uh, it's going to be, you know, Tristan versus Suck. And there is there is going to be a winner. There has to be a winner. Uh, I'm going to keep them in suspense until we get there. But, of course, you know what comes first. It's myself, Nick Love. We have Tristan Watkin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And we have Sukdeep Pooney. How's it going, guys? Gents, it's been a little while. I know we've been in touch, but uh, but how's things? How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Had my COVID, first COVID jab the other day. World's getting a bit more back to normal. And the summer's almost here. So all in all, not too bad. Just missing the football season a bit. Mm, definitely. Definitely. I'm trying to hide my grogginess feel because I had my my first jab this morning. Uh, my arm is feeling pretty dead, so good thing I don't have to, to do anything with it. Um, but yeah, all, all good, all good. I'll probably be feeling it even worse tomorrow, but we'll see, we'll see. Pfizer gang all the way. Yeah, <laughs> same with me. Same with me. Well, there <laughs> we go. The Pfizer gang. The Pfizer trio, Pfizer gang. So gents... Let's just jump into it. So we've, we've had a little chat about some topics we want to talk about. We haven't we've kept our cards close to our chest on what you know where we want to go with things. But I'm going to jump into the first thing. And Tristan, actually, you brought this one up. Let's talk about it. Um, what's going on with the future of the college playoffs? Yeah, it's been reported this week that all the relative committees and governing bodies that form the NCAA and all the various conferences are planning to meet at some point in the next couple of weeks to 
discuss the future of the playoff and possibilities of expanding it. And a lot of the rumours that are coming out from a lot of state-sized based journalists is talk of a possible 12-team playoff um, where you have your 12 teams but your top four would have a bye in the first round of playoff games. And then a bit like the NFL, the other teams would come in and eventually you'd get to your national championship. And I just thought, is that such a good idea? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're going to get so many more close matchups. I mean, how many times do we see college football? You know, there just be sort of these one-sided affairs. Now, if you get go with the say fifth seed playing the twelfth seed, you know that's there's not too much of a gap there. I mean, if you look at it from last season's perspective, I mean, I know Tristan, you had the um, the list of possible matchups, didn't you? Um, I mean, if you go oh, through them, a lot of them would be quite. Quite relatively close matchups, some of them, and you don't know which way they could have gone. I still think the overall outcome would have remained the same, but bringing more of that excitement into sort of the middle rounds, try to it, you know, and then there's more to play for as well, isn't there, for these players, you know? Whereas before, you know, a lot of the time, you know, towards the end of the season, players tend to sort of opt out or what have you, especially last season. So this year, I mean, if they do go ahead with it, there'll be more of an incentive for teams to want to do well because there's there's a goal in mind isn't there one, one million percent I think this is it has to happen you know look at I mean American sport is built on a regular season and then playoff playoff sport that is how they've decided that they are going to do their sport and you know I think that's that's going to be the future of their sport obviously as English fans of like Premier League and uh, and sorry, like football, our football, as the Americans were called, soccer. Um, we we're not used to that system, apart from you know for the uh, promotion from you know the Championship, League One, League Two, and so forth. And even then, the National League, you know, they've they've decided to extend their their playoffs. I think now six teams get in. Um, so America's built on playoffs, and you look at what happened. Is what's happened in the MLB. Um, and in the uh, NBA, and mm-hmm. I believe what's happening in the NFL, they've ex- in recent years they have or will be extending the amount of teams in the playoffs. Now, college football has the least amount of playoff teams; only four get in. And for a te- for a country that sort of relies on the whole lottery of the playoff system, um, four teams is just not really, in my opinion, a solid a, a, a solid entertaining playoff situation for me that because I just I just kind of get as a, as a Nebraska fan we don't make playoff we don't even make sort of the top 25 anymore at, at the moment but oh, Georgia against Georgia against Ohio State oh you know LSU against Alabama Clemson again you know I, I, extending it to 12 teams would be great because I would love love to see a Cincinnati knockoff uh Georgia or a, a Alabama or something in a one-off playoff game and, and proceed because you know even still there are some unbelievable college football teams that get left out at five and six and I think yeah extending it would be great that, that's what it's all about that's that's what American sports built on is like the shock results and giving the teams who maybe you know maybe were hit with a few injuries but are naturally talented the chance to still maintain the tournament plus the teams that who just exceed expectations all season. 
you know, it's it's just not fair. A team like Coastal Carolina, who had an unbelievable year, just missed out because they are not mm. Alabama. Like, I think I think definitely it has to be the way that it goes. Um, just for pure entertainment value, I just lose interest in watching the same six teams play mm. across a four-team tournament and just alter- mm. alternating the teams. If the big teams really want themselves and believe they are the, the sort of the creme de la creme, then they need to put their money where their mouth is yeah. and be prepared to face some smaller teams in one-off games. Not only that, you've got to also look at the fact that what do NFL evaluators look for? They look for players who can bring it on in big games. And that's not just your Alabamas and your Clemsons of the world. Yeah, You know, if you're looking at these sort of players, say from, like you say, the likes of uh, Cincinnati Bearcats or Coastal Carolina, if they're in the playoffs... They have huge games against some of these uh, top teams that could put them also in, in the category of becoming from a potential second to first round pick, you know, or or the opposite effect. It can really differentiate one player from a big school to someone maybe in a so-called smaller school. So even from a scouting perspective, I think it, it brings more to the table for them to consider, doesn't it? Definitely. Tristan, your thoughts? I don't think the small team playoffs quite the right way to go to begin with. I think expanding to six teams and reformatting it a little bit differently might work first. Because yes, having 12, so how you, so if you look at, if you look at sort of the way the college football landscape works at the moment and um, certain conferences are a little bit better than others. It's just, it's the nature of the way college football is. You know, if you look at, if you look at the final sort of top 25s from last year, um, it was an awful lot of SEC schools. The, the top 10 was littered with them. And I don't... And in a 12-team playoff, is it, okay, we'll just have our six SEC schools versus a couple of maybe ACC schools and a couple of big 10 schools and one big 12 school and the Pac-12 might get in there if they're competitive. I, I don't think it will bring around this openness straight away that you guys think it would. I think it would just become... It, it, for me, the 12-team playoff would just expand the SEC's grip on college football. It's not going to make it better because lower SEC teams who, at the moment, recruit very well, but the only reason other schools can compete is not completely every SEC school is going to win a title. There's only one. But if, for instance... Players that commit to the likes of Clemson and maybe some Ohio State from those southern states could go, well, I could go to Auburn if they get better. And if they have a good record in the SEC I'm, and we finish top 10, I'm still getting in the playoff and staying close to home. So I, I'm not sold on the idea. I've, I've been a big proponent, I think I suggested it on the podcast, initially expanding it to six and have the Power Five Conference champions and one wildcard team, which can come from any conference, group of five, who the committee think is the best team to compete at that stage and see how that initially works. Because if you allow every Power 5 school to compete, even if the Pac-12 has an up-and-down year and their champion is, you know, only an eight-win team, for instance, it still has West Coast schools having an ability to compete in the playoff. If a 12-team system purely on ranking does that, they, that just might not be the case. But so I the think rank- expanding the- to... I was just going to say the say. rank. The thing is with college football, though, even the rankings, unlike any other sport or professional sport, 
is subjective. It's all about opinion. It's not like your your record obviously has a lot to do with it, but at the end of the day, the team that gets if two teams have the same record, it's a panel of people who choose which one they think deserves to be first compared to actual records. Like there's no there's science to all the the pro leagues. It's often opinion and sometimes uh, sort of um, like just a, a certain school might be viewed as, oh, you can't leave them out. They, you know, they are who they are. And that, that, that's why, like, you know, maybe I, I'm not like a huge advocate for necessarily making it to 12, but I think it should do in the near future because it's, it's the one competition where the playoffs are the smallest Yet the teams that are represented are slightly subjective. Again, I think four teams, I agree, four teams is not enough. Um, and it absolutely, that needs, that, needed to, that needs to change because it, it just isn't there. But say if you were to look at the 12 teams like from last year, again, it's just those same... Uh, there's two teams in the 12 from last year. Maybe there's a couple that might not ever be there again. But Alabama would be, Clemson would be, Ohio State would be, Notre Dame would be, AM probably would be, Florida would be, Georgia would be. You've already got more than half of your field that's probably going to be regular in that playoff every year. So you're really then, you're adding six other teams. And if the other powerhouses, like the like Miami, Southern California's, Oregon, other LSU, for instance, Texas, the big... There's 20 massive programmes in college football. If you had a 12-team playoff, I'd just worry that they would constantly, each and every year, just fill it, and it wouldn't actually bring... What the college football fair needs to do with any talk of expansion is make it more inclusive to a number of schools and find a way that it's not going to be the same teams competing every year. So how, how, do, how do you do that? And that's the, that's the tough part of it, because I think... I think there needs to be some flexibility and it's, it's a really difficult thing to decide because, and that's why I think initially expanding it to the six teams see with because what you need, you need to I think you need to expand it to six teams see how that affects the landscape if recruiting conference champions if it's the same conference champions every year and see if that works now if, it, if you expand it to six and it works and it changes college football for better and then you think right, 12 is the way forward, then go ahead and do it. I think jumping from 4 to 12 with the mm. way college football works is just a, a, a bit too large of a jump off the bat. I think you go from 4 to 6 to 8 to maybe 12 and you slowly expand it to make sure you find the right balance of getting the good teams to compete and play those big games, but giving smaller schools more of an opportunity to compete. Because, you know... Coastal Carolina would have snuck in last year, and that's a wonderful. If it was a twelve, well, that's a wonderful story. We need more of that for college mm. football. We need we need more Cinderella stories. It's going to take years, though, isn't it? Still, I mean, if you think about all the recruitment that's been done at the minute, like expanding it to six, how how long are you going to wait to expand it to twelve? It's you know we're going to wait another five years or so. You know, it's it's not something that's just going to happen. Like say one year after the next, is it? It's going to be. You'd have to probably do it on four-year cycles. You'd have to mm. say next year expand it to. You'd have to expand it to six. You'd have to wait four years for a full. Because that's a full recruiting cycle for a coach or yeah. a school that 
that's enough time for a freshman to come in and graduate. And then you need to see what's happened within those four years to change college football to look at expanding it. Or does college football need something like NCAA basketball where you play your regular season, you crown your champion, and you have a massive 32 team single elimination bracket <laughs> and just go mad for it? I just think, like, I just think with this like, making it to six, I still think it keeps it relatively inclusive. But if they make it a 12 and they can, but they'd need to, I think if they made it 12, they'd need to put at least a two-year warning. Like, as in, if they if they announced it today, I think they would need to say from the 2023 season or something. Because I genuinely think that moving from four to 12, if they kind of give the teams notice and give them a couple of years, that they can go through at least two recruit- recruiting classes by saying they're going to up the playoffs from four to 12 and you could, be, you could help us be one of those eight additional teams. But it's kind of saying you could help us be one of those two additional teams. I think just certain recruits will be like, come on, there's only two extra spots. Like, you know, take, let's say, let's just put like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and I don't know, let's just say Georgia. Um, are you really going to tell me that you can, Nebraska can be one of the other eight or or Cincinnati can be one of the other eight? Uh, one of the other two, one of the other two, sorry. Um, I just think like, I just don't see it'll change the landscape too much because, I think it'll. It, there's only like a, maybe a pot of six to eight teams in the country that will will compete for those other two extra spaces. Create eight extra spaces that that will have schools reeling in in the terms of like we could maybe do it in a good year, and that's when I think it will give more power to um, like home state schools for these kids because they might think you know what like look at the odds. They couldn't. There's no way they were going to get into the four, but twelve. We have a good season. We could sneak in eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can see that. So I think I see it more as I, I, I disagree with Tristan, but I actually do agree with one of the points he's made that doing it immediately might not really help the situation. But uh, giving pre-warning of a couple of years, they so like sort of let them pitch it to recruiting classes to say, you know what, you could help us be one of those top twelve teams. We don't have to be number one, just need to be number 12. And mm. so, from that perspective, I think it would work. But, uh, it in my opinion, I think they need to do in college football before expanding the playoffs as well. Teams, I think you expand it soon. I still think conference realignment, because every so often with college football, it normally happens like once every 30 years, you'll get mass conference realignment, which is where yeah. this is where college is so much better than the NFL in so many ways. So many things can change. I think the current conferences are getting stale. Um, we have okay. them now for quite a long period of time. And I think, is it time, it's a discussion for another day, is it time to realign the conferences, work out what regions have got too much power teams in one area that you could sort of start to split apart and then try and figure out, is it, let's realign college football conferences, ensure that that's right, expand the playoffs and try and fix this over the next 10 years. Yeah, I think I think there's some conferences where I think the ACC is the busy, biggest example of where it truly feels like there's Clemson and there's a large gap and there's, then there's, there's everybody else. I think it's like a little bit like, you know, dropping Manchester United into the championship. It's a little bit like they, they might slip up once every now and again, but they're 
for the best part, going to go, what, 11 and 1 or most likely 12 and 0. But... What the ACC really needs, and I'll finish this point, this, they need to realign their conferences. They need, they need to make it where Miami can be more competitive besides all Florida State and, say, UNC, because there are a few teams behind Clemson that are building something, but Clemson yeah. doesn't have to play them often enough. You need to get those big marquee matchups in the ACC more often. Clemson, year after year, end up constantly playing NC State, Duke, Wake Forest. You yeah. need to realign that. So they're playing Florida State more often than every other year and Miami more often. You need to make sure that the power teams in those sort of lopsided conferences are clashing every year. Yeah, I, I agree. They're definitely doing something, in particular UNC and Miami, because Florida State, you, they might be doing something, but it's not working at the moment because they're not, they're not a threat to anybody. But yeah, I still, I still think that uh, ardent Clemson fans would tell you that Miami are still no threat whatsoever right now to the ACC championship, in my opinion. Um, it's still, I still think it's a big goal, big, big goal. Um, it is. But, I'm just trying to trying to pick the ACC up a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. It's teams on like UNC and Miami, Miami aren't bad, but like it's the thing. It's like um, Ohio State, respect before last season, were the Clemson of the big the Big Ten. Despite, but there's a couple of teams that would cause them some issues. But ultimately, you put your money on Ohio State in every game they play in. Whereas the SEC does have a little bit of a rotation between Alabama, LSU and, and, and Georgia have been above Alabama in, in recent years before. So there's, there's obviously, the, we're just going to end up talking about how great the SEC is and this is just going to make me upset. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so NFL talk-ish. Uh, Julio Jones is up and out of there, as he said to Shannon Sharp on FS1. Uh, oh, no, I'm out of there. And he was right. He was out of there, not to the Dallas Cowboys, as uh, people thought he might have been with donning the Cowboys top. But he eventually earned his trade to the uh, Tennessee Titans, much to the delight of uh, former Ole Miss receiver AJ Brown, who actually said he offered Julio Jones the 11 jersey and he declined it. Very nice touch. So for ATL, uh, they looked like they had a super team on offense. And, and now... Their offense it still looks very nice. Calvin Ridley is the lead wide receiver, uh, coupled with a, with a few guys who, um, are, with l- as much little offense that I can cause to uh, the Atlanta Falcons, other receivers, a la, Russell Gage, a la Russell Gage, uh, Cordero, Errol Patterson, Tajay Sharp, and Olamide Zacchaeus. Um, Calvin Ridley is now by far the number one receiver, but they have a guy who is going to be uh, a receiver tight end hybrid, I am sure, in the number four overall pick, the uh, generational talent that is Kyle Pitts. So, uh, after a fantastic season for Ridley, does he automatically stay as the number two threat on this Falcons offense? You know, he's waited, he, he's had an unbelievable season last year but still obviously remained a little bit overall in the shadow of Julio Jones. After having that breakout season, seeing Jones go, is is he the number one guy on offense? Or is the new shiny toy from college, Kyle Pitts, the number one man on the Falcons offense? Tristan, what's your thoughts? I think Ridley is definitely the number one. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta was a really good thing 
to have Julio Jones. They had two legit possible number ones on the outside, which would, as a rookie, make it a lot easier for Kyle Pitts to get touches, to create separation, and to use his athletic ability. I think with getting rid of Julio Jones now, teams go, yeah, we'll take care of Ridley, and then Pitts is our next priority. They don't have a strong run game yet. I actually think this trade hurts what Kyle Pitts will do in his rookie season. I think that, I think that people may be underwhelmed as he struggles being a number two coming straight out of college as this sort of hybrid that may take a little bit of time to figure out exactly what it is. But, but no, I still think Ridley's the number one. He's proven that he's had more solid years in the NFL. I still think he's their number one weapon. Shook, your thoughts? I absolutely agree with Tristan, to be honest. Um, it's it's still it's Matt Ryan's team. Um, so, um, in my opinion, Matt Ryan's a, a perfect quarterback who's going to complement um, Pitts and Ridley, but Ridley is definitely the number one receiver. Looking the, you know, the back of the season he had last year, he, he overtook Julio Jones by far. Obviously, that might have been <laughs> due to the fact Julio Jones was a bit of a decoy with... Obviously, his injuries, etc. He's still that physical specimen, but Carl Pitts is, you know, a physical specimen as well. And I fully expect um, Ridley to have a really good season. But it's hard to say. You don't know. I mean, he could end up becoming the next Juju. Uh, you know, look at what happened with the Steelers when uh, they lost Antonio Brown. You know, things change for Juju. So yeah, I hope that doesn't happen because I, I do like Calvin Ridley, but. I think it, he's def- definitely very much the number one receiver out of that, that bunch. I mean, you can't say... I, I, I don't believe in putting a rookie under that much pressure and saying you're the number one guy already without playing an NFL snap, but who knows? Yeah, I, I, I probably agree. I think Ridley will still be the number one guy. I think, I think if it wasn't for the Ridley bur- you know, bursting out as much as he did last year, that they wouldn't have made this trade. But the Falcons... They had to make this trade. Maybe, maybe they could have. I don't know what the situation was with his um, for for Jones after this season. I know he's still got a few years on his deal, but it's a de- the move they had to make sooner rather than later because they are capped out and their defense is horrible, like one of the worst defenses in all all the football. Um, they are not going to improve until they free up some money and put it on their defense. You know, they have three guys that are on more than $5 million a year. Only three guys on their defense. Uh, Grady Jarrett, who they paid $20 million a year, uh, is a $20 million cap hit this year. Grady Jarrett's very nice. That's an insane amount of money to play for a tackle. And he's very good, but I just don't think he's elite. So he's getting paid like Aaron Donald money, and I don't think he's that good for $20 million. Um, Dante Fowler is a guy that they paid big money to. He's on like $10 million cap hit this year. And then they've got Dion Jones, the inside linebacker, who's on 8.6. I think all three are getting paid handsomely for being not worth that amount of money. And then the next highest paid player on their defense is AJ Terrell, who's a second year rookie, a guy mm-hmm. they took in the first round last year. So this defense needs a, still needs some major work um, and they're going to have to uh, sort of take out some of the building blocks piece by piece to kind of make room for this defense. You know, they're paying, they're paying, um, they're paying something like almost 60 million, $60 million, which translates to something like 30% of over 30, like they're paying almost a third of their salary cap to Matt Ryan, Grady Jarrett and Jake Matthews. 
And that's where they're getting things wrong because Matthews is a fine tackle, Jarrett's a fine defensive tackle, and Ryan's a steady quarterback, uh, above average quarterback, I'd say. With that, when you're spending a third of your entire cap on those three guys, you're not going nowhere. I'm sorry, you're not. And so they had to take out the building block that is Julio Jones. They've realized it's just all about, obviously, the NFL's all about balancing your assets, balancing your money. And they've realized that Jones, disgruntled, not the number one receiver anymore with what Ridley's been able to do. And also, uh, money like his 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 cat like his value is never going to be higher than now. They got a second and a fourth in exchange for a sixth, um, and and yeah, they've got the, they've they've freed up the cap space, and they're going to roll with uh, Ridley, uh, Pitts, and Hurst, and some other sort of role guys, and Tarshay Sharp and Zacchaeus and. Um, the other dude that you mentioned before, so of course he was a uh, Colero Patterson and um, Russell Gage. And yeah. I think they're going to be absolutely fine on offense. Um, but you're right. I think Pitts is going to get more receptions. There's going to be more pressure on him. But they clearly have a lot of belief in Pitts. You know, you don't take him fourth and then ship off one of your uh, top two receivers because Kyle Pitts is the second pass catcher um, on this team now. Uh, behind a, a Pro Bowl receiver in Calvin Ridley. I'm not sure. Did he go to the Pro Bowl last year? He should have done if he didn't. Um, I don't think he, he did, to be honest. He man. didn't. He didn't, but he played Pro Bowl level, for sure. Yeah. He played Pro Bowl level. I think that trade was made because of his breakout. I think they felt... I don't think it's... You know, yeah. They traded because they felt they had Carl Pitt coming in and he was going to change everything. I think they made that trade because, like you say, they put themselves in a cap hell situation. They are the perfect example of mismanaging money to the point where you don't have a playoff caliber roster that you're spending yeah. playoff caliber cap. And I think they needed to make the move from the cap point of view. I think if you managed the situation better, maybe could have convinced Hulo to restructure if you had money to put on defense. I think this is an example of Atlanta just mismanaging this situation. Yeah, I think Ridley's breakout doesn't is 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 crucial to this. But they they don't draft if they don't draft Pitts and go defense and don't draft the receiver in the first three rounds. Uh, I think they'd be more they'd be more kind of. I don't think I don't think they'd be as comfortable with dealing Jones. Mm. But they did get the fourth overall pick, who's going to be a pass catcher. Um, so I think that's definitely it's a combination of both. But will Pitt is, is this Pitt's team now? I don't think so, not yet. It's Calvin Ridley's team on the offense. And sorry, yes, it is Matt Ryan's team, so you're right. But in terms of Matt Ryan can't catch his own passes on offense and with a with with a below average um run game, Mike Davis is the number one running back and yeah. You know, I know you can succeed with average running backs, but their running back situation is not particularly impressive. Is that then this offense, in terms of not the guy throwing the ball, is Calvin Ridley's team? Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm hoping it. I'd love it to be Kyle Pitts' team because that means if it is, then we've got a ridiculously special talent in our hands. Well, we already think we do, but but yeah, gents, we have five five. First round rookie quarterbacks, okay. And obviously, what have we just seen? We've just seen Sam Donald, the uh, this was a third overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Could have been the first overall if you listened to most uh, people making their predictions, thinking the Browns were going to take Sam Donald. 
Uh, he left the Jets. He's gone. He's out of there. And now he's in Carolina. He did not see his second contract with his rookie team. We have five first-round quarterbacks this year. We have the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have Zach Wilson at number two to the Jets. We have Trey Lance at three to the 49ers. We have Justin Fields at 10 to, no, 11 to the Bears. Uh, and Mac Jones at 15 to the New England Patriots. Suck deep. Which one of these quarterbacks is least likely, in your opinion, right now to see their second contract at the team that drafted them and why? Okay, tough one. Um, definitely not Trevor Lawrence. I'm not going to include him in this conversation at all. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking it from the QB perspective. I'm thinking about the organisation as a whole and their history of what they've done with QBs. And for me, I think I've got to go Justin Fields. Mm, just because Fields. I think... Just because I think the Chicago Bears, they have a history of not really having that big QB. Um, they've never, I mean, I mean, even when they won the Super Bowl, they had Jim McMahon. They've never really had that franchise quarterback in the history. And I just can't picture Fields being a success in the Bears uniform, not because of Justin Fields, but just because of the Chicago Bears in general. And if I look at Trey Lance and I look at the offensive scheme, Kyle Shanahan, I can see that working. Um, I can see the 49ers being successful over the course of the next few years. Um, the Jets, you could maybe say Zach Wilson because the Jets are the Jets as well. Uh, put them in that category of, you know, having more uh, misses than hits. But the AFC East isn't, you know, still an emerging division. The landscape might change in the next three or four years, uh, you know, obviously the Patriots will be different. Uh, the Dolphins, still don't know the situation, What you know, whether Tua is the guy or not. So I think with the AFC East, you can still be successful. And, and, I, and I, although I predicted Justin Fields to be a better QB than Zach Wilson, it's the Chicago Bears for me. It just puts me in a bit of a pickle, you know. I just don't see it. Interesting, interesting. Tristan. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, and it's purely because everyone sees the Patriots as the positive landing spot for him. He's going to maybe the best coach of all time in Bill Belichick. He's going to the best organisation of all time. I'm going to give you my reasoning why I think he doesn't get a second contract. Bill Belichick is not getting any younger. Bill Belichick doesn't like losing. The New England Patriots don't like losing. If Mac Jones doesn't hit the ground relatively quickly running within, say, I'm not saying next season, but year two, year three, if he can't get that team deep in the playoffs every season with what they're building around him, Bill isn't going to hang around and wait for third, fourth year development. He's going to go and find a replacement. They're going to be in win-now mode. The Patriots are a dynasty, and they're trying to hold on to it. They're not going to go. They're not going to be a dynasty that fades into the background and just gradually declines. They're going to go kicking and screaming and trying to compete. And they'll either get it right or they'll make some terrible decisions and get it wrong, and it will crash and burn. And I just think Mac Jones has never shown me enough to say he's going to take a team deep in the playoffs and do the things that Tom Brady did. I could be completely wrong. Belichick and Masterclass it proves us all wrong. 
I just don't see it. Interesting, interesting. I, I, I mean, it's 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 no surprise that Mac Jones was the last quarterback picked out of those five teams because you know I don't think he's the most talented of them all. Um, but for me, this is really tough, and I'm and I'm and I'm stuck between two two players and uh, unfortunately it's going to come down to uh, I, I am going to say as much as it pains me because I really don't want it to be I want to say Zach Wilson um, the reason why I say it's Zach Wilson is that the New York Jets just have had a horrible time with drafting first round quarterbacks I mean Sam Darnold is had had way more pedigree than Zach Wilson did. So Sam Donald was viewed as a, like a first overall pick, you know, in his sort of like sophomore, junior season. Definitely, at least you know, is and and Wilson was nowhere. I mean, this is this happens to a lot of quarterbacks, and I, you can you know, I, I get that was nowhere near uh, of being a first round draft pick before his his last season when he had an absolute unbelievable year with BYU competition. Is questionable. Didn't really play against great teams. Uh, the Pac-12 is not amazing, but it's still a lot better than the guys Wilson played against. But the Jets, man, they just—I mean, how did they fumble the bag on Sam Donald, who's supposed to be not quite generational, but was supposed to be the absolute real deal? Um, they messed him up. Uh, the quarterback before him, they took in the first round back in 2009, was Mark Sanchez, who. Never saw a second contract after going fifth overall again out of what school USC. The last quarterback they did take and gave a contract extension to was Chad Pennington. Uh, uh-huh. It didn't go well. Uh, I mean, I know injuries had a big part to play in that, but it just didn't go well. And maybe since then, that's really because I mean, before him, they didn't take a first round quarterback. Uh, until something like 1976. But Pennington, they gave the money to, it didn't work out. They moved on from Sanchez and they've moved on from Donald. And for me, Sam Donald, like, he is, in my opinion, more, there was more hype around Sam Donald. He was, Zach Wilson is, is looked at as, like, the lovable, talented rogue. Donald was already viewed as, like, a seasoned NFL vet when he got drafted, like he's got the perfect body type. He throws an amazing football. This guy is, he's, there's no way Donald can fail. If the Jets can find a way for Donald, USC Trojans, Sam Donald to fail, they can surely find a guy who went to Brigham Young University and find a way that he can fail. The odds are uh, for Zach are stacked against him. For me, he has to be a, generational, he's got to be like the second name after Joe Namath in New York Jets history <laughs> to probably not get a second contract. So, it's nothing against Zach. It's 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 a little bit against his pedigree, but it's mainly against the New York Jets football team uh, and, and probably what he has to do and achieve to get yeah. that second contract. Yeah, that's the, the only team I know. I had. Yeah, sorry, Tristan. No, as I said, they're the only team I know who can get a quarterback, take them to the AFC title game, and instead of making the leap, just capitulate. Like, Sanchez took them to the AFC title game and came up close. 
Mm. And then the Jets, being the Jets, found a way to make that situation so dreadful and destroy every ounce of confidence that Mark Sanchez probably ever had. And then they became a laughing stock. And yes, he, the, the Jets for me was the obvious one on this, this list mm. because not because of the player. I, you could even make a case if they drafted Trevor Lawrence that they could find a way to make him fail. They could, have, yeah. they could find a way to make Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Mm. I, I just think that that organization ownership down is a toxic mess. Yeah, there is. It is. And I know they've got new ownership, well, not ownership, but new GM and stuff like that. But uh, <sighs> there's a lot stacked up against Joe Douglas and his team. Uh, they've got, they have got a head coach that I like. Um, again, he's a defensive minded head coach in uh, Robert Sala. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But we, we wish them all the absolute best. Um, especially because none of them are in the NFC East with my Giants. But, um, right, so the final point, the final thing I'm going to talk about is our uh, early shouts for the 2021 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, There's a lot of players to pick from. It doesn't always have to be a first-round pick. But uh, who who should go first? I mean, shall, shall shall I go first on this one? I'll kind of... Deferred it to you two guys first. Yeah, um, fire away. I I did not love this defensive class whatsoever. I just so when I was sitting at eleven as a New York Giants fan, I would have been livid with us taking any defensive player. Uh, to be fair, like I don't think your Patrick Satane was like a bad value for for Denver at nine. I just didn't really want a cornerback because we've you know when you've got Pro Bowl at James Bradbury and then you just spent a shit ton of money on uh a Dory Jackson. Um and you've got some a couple decent guys to back up with. I did I just find it a waste for a team that's got a losing record to draft a cornerback when they're not gonna be a definitive starter week one. You when you pick eleven when you pick 11th, you've got to pick a guy who's going to start week one. You have to. There's only one guy that I wanted, and he is being drafted to a team that no matter how bad they play, every they're still like the biggest franchise in football and probably will always be the biggest franchise in football, as it sickens me to say. But if he plays the way that I wanted him to play, in New York blue, he's the most dominant player in this draft. And and for me, that's Micah Parsons, uh, the linebacker out of Penn State. Uh, he goes into a Cowboys team that, like, look, this is the thing. The the Cowboys linebacker spot is is just going to be super stacked. And I, I think, again, Devin White obviously was huge for the time. I, I talk about the Devin White impact in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think what helps get Devin White like Devin White deserves all the credit he gets, but it, it, it it's always going to help get you noticed when, as a team, the the, the Bucks have a strong linebacking core, and when I say strong, they have Levante David died him, and so you know if Levante David is going to chase down one side, White will come in with a sack on the other side, and I think it just helps helps to be heralded that they have a good linebacking core, a linebacking duo, and the same is going to be the same with the Cowboys. They have Jalen Smith, who's a very a fine linebacker. 
Leighton Van Der Esch, who's very good when he's fit. And they have Micah Parsons. And I just think that this they're going to turn into a, a, a horrible, nasty, three-headed dragon. Uh, and if one doesn't get you, the other one will. But uh, I just I think Parsons is the most explosive player in this draft on the defensive side of the football. So that he's the he's got, he's got and, and I think it helps being a huge franchise. Sneeze, sorry, <clears throat> no, I held it in. Being at a huge franchise like the Cowboys, you know, I just don't think I don't think defensive rookie of the years often get picked from the New York Jets or often get picked from the Carolina Panthers or get picked maybe even from the Denver Broncos. Dallas Cowboys, big market money team, have a dude that's going to cause absolute mayhem in a strong linebacker core that they've got already. Um, yeah, Michael Parsons for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't anyway. think that's a good one to be honest. Anyone else want to jump in? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I could jump in with mine if you want. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So for me, it's someone who I put this player with that particular team when we did our draft boards, and for me, I think Quitty Pie uh, for the Colts. I think he has the potential to become Defensive Player of the Year. I just think he plays at a real fast pace. I think he fits the culture with what the Colts are trying to do and what Chris Ballard, the general manager, has done with that defence. You know, he's putting putting some really nice pieces there in the past couple of years with the likes of Darius Leonard. And I think he's going to fit really well. Obviously, his sack production wasn't as high last year, you know, at the Wolverines. But at the same time, I think he's going to fit into the system quite well. And with him playing, you know... Such a fast pace, you know. He's a he's a relatively fast guy. I think he ran four, five, seven. Um, you know, on his pro day, he's a big dude. I, I personally think that he was sort of undervalued in the draft, and I, I honestly think he's going to come up with some really good numbers and good sack production. Um, and I don't believe in cornerbacks getting uh, um, getting defensive player of the year because it's such a hard position to play in the first year, isn't it? So for me. I've, you know, probably would have gone with someone like Parsons or Quitty Pie, and I think for me, Pie just because of the fit with the Colts, I think he 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 has a decent division as well to work. And I know we've talked about the Titans and how they've become stronger, but at the same time, you know, you've still got the Texans and the Jags in that division, so yeah, there's still still a chance for him to succeed, you know, and get really high numbers. Definitely, since 1999, there's only been two cornerbacks that have won the award. Uh, and they both came well, 2015 and 2017. Marcus mm. Peters for the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Marshawn Lattimore for mm. the New Orleans Saints. But yeah, not a position that often wins it. It was actually, funny enough, looking at it, from 2000 to 2009, for those 10 years, nine of the 10 years, it was linebackers. Interesting. Yeah. Tr- Tristan, what's your thoughts? I'm really struggling with this. Like, <coughs> I don't like you know, this, that, that defensive draft class wasn't great. Like, it wasn't a great year as you needed lots of defensive players to fix the team. And for me, I don't think many of these rookies will have massive impacts on their team. I just don't. I think that there's so many developmental prospects out there. There's a few that I think are, you know, ready and to go in and can do a job and you've named one of them Michael Parsons uh, I'm not, I just don't see Quitty Pay doing anything to get, defensive, to get defensive rookie of the year I just don't think he has impact on my game 
But uh, I am going to go with a developmental player to get the award. Aziz Ojolari. Yes, definitely. Definitely <laughs> the pick. No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with someone who we described as the biggest boom or bust project in this class. And the reason I'm going to go with this player is I just actually quite like the situation he's in for him to get the production needed to put the league a little on notice. I'm going to go Gregory Rousseau. And I wouldn't mm. have gone Gregory Rousseau on 30-odd different teams if he was a rookie. I've just gone, no, that's not going to happen. Buffalo just have a lot of veterans who are going to uh, demand a lot of attention. And they're not going to worry about the rookie who no one is certain whether he'll pan out or not. I think he'll get a lot of one-on-ones. He'll be able to use his athleticism. And I think he will get sacks and pressures. And I think in a in a bad defensive rookie class, I think he'll just have enough high moments to edge it for me. I just, I can't make a comprehensive argument for either anyone else. Like, like you say, DBs, they just don't win the award. And unless you're, you know, five plus picks, barely letting anyone catch on you, you're not winning the award. DB is one of those positions. It takes a couple of years in the league. To, you, you see a lot of rookie defensive backs struggle their first season, even into their second, not winning rookie year. It's a linebacker-dominated award, as Nick said. The only other time it's not a linebacker-dominated award is when D-linemen start winning it. And that's my logic for it, really. But I just, yeah, I I, I could see this class having a complete curveball win it, like a fourth-round prospect that no one really was that high on because this class is just not, there's not, there's not top-heavy stars. There's not a Chase Young in this draft class. No. There's not. Well, no, there's, there's not. But, uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, two, two second number two overall picks were won the awards last couple of years. And the defensive sort of linemen that have won it have all been pretty dominant uh, in their sort of rookie years. Apart from, I mean, Sue, Donald, Bosa, both of them, uh, and Young. The only one who's is, is well, we've had a good rookie year, but didn't turn out kind of the way you wanted was uh, Sheldon Richardson. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we move on, gents. Are you ready for the game that I've got for you both? I yeah. think so. It's going to be Tristan versus Suck, and I, I the and I, I mean, it's in the least amount of disrespect, Suck. I think you'll be fine. I'm worried about how ridiculously super brainiac Tristan is because we're going to play a game and there's no cheating no cheating allowed we're going to play closest to the pin um, and and I am going to search it uh, on maps closest to the pin I'm going to name a division 2 college football team right and you've got to tell me what state they're in oh okay and it's going to be close to the uh, pin. So every time there's going to be a winner. So obviously I'm not going to give you um, Arkansas Tech because... Duh. Okay. Oh, but <laughs> I'm going to give you a name of a, of a college that might, you know, might be the name of a town or a city in this state, but I'm going to... I don't think so. I um, think Tristan will me... win this 100% because of his college knowledge. Oh, I've got a oh. feeling... Like, this is what I was hoping. I was hoping... like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go... I'm not gonna go as high profile as like D, like the like the like the best D one sort of D two colleges. 
I'm going to go a bit like these are all classified mm. in NCAA Division Two football programs. And uh, yeah, my TTM might come in advantage because I know I have sent to a couple of Division Two really, really small schools. Okay, I think Soot's going to nail this because <laughs> if I if I'm being honest, I I looked at D two when I first went to college football and just went. No, I might as well. I, I, my logic was I got into recruiting. I prefer to watch high school to D two. There's not a massive jump. I don't. <laughs> apart from the apart from the top, apart from the top like D two teams, I don't know an awful lot. So mm-hmm. I don't think I have this advantage that, that seems to think I do. Right, okay. gents, we're going to do fifteen. Are you ready? Yeah. Far away. No, che- no cheating. And if you know it, like if you know it, like you know, you might you might just want to like play it a bit cool because okay, yeah. The first one is what state is Assumption University in? I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna let Tristan go first. What state is Assumption University? The Assumption Greyhounds. They play in the any. Oh shit! I can tell you the name of the conference, and then it kind of maybe gives it away what area of the country they're in. Bullsack. Uh, um, I just said any. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna skip it. I just <laughs> made that mistake. Well, this is the thing. Like the Pac-12 doesn't actually like the Big Ten isn't like you know the yeah. the, the, the just don't mention away. the conference because I think that okay. gave it away, doesn't it? Yeah. So just don't mention okay. the conference. Yeah. I'm not gonna mention the conference. Okay. Was, was it, it the team and the nickname? The it was Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first one is going to be Bentley, like the car. Bentley mm-hmm. University, otherwise known as the Bentley Falcons. Uh, Tristan, you can go first. Uh, Wyoming. Wyoming. Okay. Okay. Mm. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just currently searching <laughs> how far it is from Wyoming to Bentley University. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Subdeep. Where is Bentley University? Home of the Bentley Falcons. Part of me was thinking cars, automobile, but Bentley's got nothing to do with the US. Um, so that it seems like a more of an affluent area. So I'm going to go for Maine, the state of Maine. Maine. Yeah. Well, I don't need to to search how close. Actually, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm actually. I'm gonna tell you. Tristan, you were two thousand one hundred and eight miles away. It's not too bad. Uh, Suck deep. You were two hundred and fifty miles away. Oh wow! The answer was... is Massachusetts again. Oh, I was either I thought it was either northeast or that that middle America area because you, you're trying to think of like it's odd that certain parts of the country tend to use certain mascots. More often, you'll find like regions that do it. Like Falcons, yeah. I was just trying to figure out which one's going to be more west. 
but like I say, <laughs> I've never heard of Bentley University in Massachusetts. So. Well, there you go. Um, the next one, if you're ready, uh, yeah. is Chadron, C-H-A-D-R-O-N, Chadron State College, known as the Chadron State Eagles. Let me play Elliot. Oh, bloody. Chadron State College, that's Chadron State Eagles, <laughs> Division Two football team. Mm. Suk, you're first this time. Where did the only, Chadron State Only reason Eagles I'm going play? for this is the most randomest one. I'm just thinking of Chad Ochocinco. I'm going to go for Ohio just because of Chad. Ohio, okay. That, that is my only reason. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with Suk on a Chad Ochocinco um, vibe. I, I'm going to go with where he plays his college ball, and I'm going to go with the state of Oregon. Ooh. So, this is going to be interesting. Oof! So I'm going by the closest Google Maps route. One of you is 1,103 miles away, and one of you is 1,172 miles away. Oh, wow. 69 miles in it, and you've gone for two places. So meet it in the middle. Chadron State College play in the state of Nebraska. Oh. And the winner is Oregon. Just by really? sixty by sixty-nine miles. The quickest route in the car right now is one thousand one hundred and three miles. Apparently for Ohio it's one thousand one hundred and seventy-two. Wow. If I looked it on the map, I'd have said Ohio would have been closer to Nebraska. When you said Nebraska, I was kind of happy, but then no, it's it, of Nebraska because they're it's, big states. And, and to clarify, yeah. it's in the top left-hand corner, sort of closer well, uh, to Wyoming and the corner of South Dakota than uh, Iowa, Kansas, sure. Missouri. So it's it, yeah, it's actually it's actually like I'm gonna guess it's like right 50, 50, for me. It might be about 50, 60 miles from Wyoming uh, itself. Close, so though. Tristan just takes well, it. Interesting. So it's one one. Uh, time to move on, and now we have got Emporia State University, the Go Emporia State Hornets, who play at the Francis G. Welch Stadium. The Emporia State Hornets, Emporia State University. Uh, Tristan, you're first this time. Where do the Emporia uh, State Hornets play? I'm gonna go with a guess here. Oh, so you don't, Louisiana. So you're telling me you don't know this one? I don't know. I've not known any of them so far. <laughs> it's just the way you went. I'm, I'm gonna go for a guess here. I think. Oh, so you do you know this? You know, <laughs> known the other ones? You went for where? Louisiana. 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 Okey dokey. Jot down how many miles? Subdi. Where is um, Emporia State University? Well, I happen to know who Francis Welsh is. No, I'm just joking. Me and Francis Welsh are personal friends. Personal yeah. friends. Phone a friend. Um, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. So one of you is... Oh, my word. So one of you, again, like I said, Google Maps, quickest route. 
One of you is 611 miles away. One of you is 679 miles away. Oh, Once wow. again, we are split by 68 miles. It's a joke. And this time, it falls in favor of Suck. It is Ooh. Kansas. Wow. wow. Kansas. Yeah, Colorado is, it's just, it's actually sort of still actually west, east Kansas. You went with Louisiana. Yeah, close. But uh, coming east from Colorado is Suck, and he takes it just 2-1 Suck back in the lead. Right. Next up, mm, I think we're going to go over to Gannon University and the Gannon Golden Knights who play at Gannon Field. How topical. Not particularly creative, was it? Gannon University playing at Gannon Field. But yeah, the Gannon University, Gannon Golden Knights, the the GGK. Gannon. Where did Gannon University? Uh, where are they? Where's Golden, Golden Knights? So we've got Golden Knights in Vegas. Look, if we've got, got any cool, notable alumni. Knights. No. No, not really. Gannon Field. A retired FBI agent and convicted murderer. Interesting. Oh, okay. I'm going to go for Maryland <laughs> based on that. Well, based on based on what? Based on convict. What he just said, convicted. I'm going to go for Maryland. Convicted murderers in, in Maryland. In Maryland. Yeah, okay. Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, Baltimore, Maryland. To be exact, I'm going to go for. Baltimore, exactly. No offense to I, anyone I, from I, Baltimore. I, I'm, I'm just playing. Oh, okay. I thought I got it wrong there on the map, but no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to go. That's not in that state, but it, it is wrong. Um, okay. Tristan, what's uh, your rebuttal? I'm going to get East. I'm going to get East Coast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get New Jersey. New New, New Jersey. That's not far off for each other, we are. No. Well, once again, you've done pretty well, both of you. One of you's 464 miles off. One of you's 382. Wow. So there's 82 miles between you, once again, considering the state of America. Gannon University is in Erie, Pennsylvania, just ah. up from Cleveland. Uh, you said I, again, Erie. I would have known. I've definitely sent TTM to Erie somewhere, but not mm, to that school. So the winner, once again, is Suck. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Jersey would have been a bit nearer. No, Maryland is closer. Ah. Um, according to Google Maps, maybe he's just got faster roads. Mm. <laughs> but but New Jersey, praise uh, the highway. Yeah, it's just what right you put side. in when you put in New it's Jersey's right... estate. Because I guess Erie's the right side of uh, Pennsylvania for Mario. It's got, I was about to say it's got to be close, hasn't it? Mm. There's it a lake is Erie, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. It is close. I think Maryland just seems to have more of a slightly direct route going up through Pittsburgh. Um, but anyway, but anyway it's, it's, again, the rules are I put in Maryland, USA, and wherever it drops the pin of what, what Google Maps considered is that that's, what the, that's where the state is, if you know what I mean. That's all we've got to go by here. We've got no other signs to do that. Um, okay, so 3-1, 3-1. Let's, 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 let's keep it going. Where, where shall I go to next? Well, how about we take a little trip to <laughs> Johnson C. Smith University. Go Golden Bulls. 
They play at the <laughs> Irwin Belk Complex. And the Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls. That's a mouthful. Um, yeah. Where is, it the, where is Johnson C. Smith University? I'm going to confess something. You know I this. know where this is. Oh! Okay. I know. No, I mean, a, you, you, you get this if you, if you walk, get it. A, a walk-on from Clemson transferred here after realising that he just wasn't ever going to see anything. He was not even going to go on the practice field. He'd purely gone to Clemson because it was close to home. Uh, Can I just say something, Tristan? If you say the answer, I'm, I'm going to repeat it. So aren't you better off trying to call an audible and do a different state? Maybe I'm already calling it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm well, calling the audible. Oh, well, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Suk go first because I guess, you know, look, okay. hey, if you no, have the knowledge, if you yeah. have the knowledge, then fair enough. Like, I can't, you know, that's, that's some niche knowledge. So if you know, you know. Mm. So where are you going to go with? For no particular reason, I'm going to go Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, Tristan? Charlotte, North Carolina. Ah, it, it is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so, I'm not going to lie, when I kind of let, you know, actually, you know what, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> with him being a walk-on, I would have kind of guessed, is he not South Carolina? Because, you know, like yeah. he's obviously not probably moved very far. But... Um, but no, uh, Tristan takes this one. And you know what? He's pulled it back to 3 2. But so, he's still in the lead, mate. He's still in the lead. Yeah, it's, all yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Still in control. Okay. So uh, we are going to move on to Lindenwood University. Go Lions. The Lindenwood Lions, who play at the Harton Sea Hunter Stadium. In front of seven thousand four hundred and fifty fans, where is Lindenwood University? Is it my guess? Uh, I'm going to send it to Tristan first. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm going to go Kentucky. Kentucky. Okie dokie. Let me just put this into the uh, search. Okay. Suck. Lindenwood sounds posh. <laughs> Does sound posh. Honestly, I can't even think of a state now at the minute. Uh, so, what? Which one did you say, Tristan? Kentucky. 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 Oh. Nevada. Well, unfortunately for one of you, I don't even have to search because one of you is a lot, lot closer than the other. It's in Missouri. So Tristan ties things up. Oh. Yeah, Missouri, the Lindenwood Lions from St. Charles, me, Missouri. It's like in those southern states, there's lots of wood ending towns. Like, mm-hmm. if you've watched enough American dramas based in the southeast of bloody America, there's always a town with wood at the end. Always. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Right, we move on. And now we're going to the, I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm going to say it um, exactly how I see it. Minot State. M-I-N-O. 
City State. The Minot State Beavers. Um, they play at the Herb Parker Stadium. Uh, go Minot State Beavers. Where is Minot State? Hmm. Did my go? Your first this time, yeah. I have no idea. The obvious one would be Minnesota, but I, well, Minneapolis, but I'm not going to do that because I think that's. This is a random reason why I'm picking this state, but okay. Dylan okay. Redunce oh. lives in Minnesota, but went to North Dakota mm. University. So by random, I'm just going to say North, da- North Dakota. North Dakota. Tristan? And it's beavers as well, it just sounds a bit. Yeah, oh, I was. Mountainy. I was. Yeah, I was. I. I was going to go. I didn't think North Dakota. I thought around that area, so I'll go South Dakota. <laughs> well. You're way off. It's Florida. No, I'm joking. It is one of the Dakotas. <laughs> Oh. So one of you nailed it. And I, I mean, I don't know if this reasoning's got anything to do with it, but um, it is North Dakota. Ooh. So, ah, so your, your clear you, knowledge Redunce. of Dylan Redunce. Um, I, yeah, yeah, a bit like sort of beavers, that sort of area of the world. I was almost trying to think what, which is close to the Canadian border that's like French speaking, because the yeah. sounds a bit French and yeah, Montana North was in my head. Area. North Dakota, South Dakota, those sort of places. I was like, yeah, yeah, right. That little area of America. Are you ready for a comp- like a one that just either you'll know or you'll just be like, what the heck does this mean? Because it's really annoying. Northeastern State University, Northeastern State Riverhawks, go Riverhawks. You play at the Doc Wadley Stadium, Doc Wadley Stadium, the Northeastern. State Riverhawks. Whose go is it first? Uh, Tristan thinks yours. Oh, God. Northeastern. Is it a Northeastern state? <laughs> or, <laughs> or is it a bluff? Is it Northeastern of, is it Northeastern of the state that it's in? Oh, gosh. Texas. I'm going to go Texas. You're going for Texas. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to Texas. That'd be like a big one. Uh, I'm going to go for Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Um, Tristan's nailed it. It's in Texas. Um, it's oh. not even northeastern of Texas. It's actually sort of between Dallas and Odessa. It's like central more west texas but it's called northeastern state which makes absolutely no sense to me well done tristan you got that right so we move on we move on let's let's, let's quickly move on uh we're gonna go for pace university known as the oh this is great their name are the setters so they're the pace setters get it pace setters. <laughs> Love pace, pace university go setters go pace setters uh, and they play at Pace Field, and once again, a really unoriginal name, in front of 1,500 fans. Uh, mm. Pace University. So, where's Pace University? 
Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm just going to look at this letter C bottle and see what letter comes. But... <laughs> I honestly don't have a clue. Uh... Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay. Just because uh... of pace. I don't know. Might stand for something. Okay. Tristan. Indiana. Indiana. Well... There's a simple reason why I went Indiana. Okay. The Pacers. Ah. Ah, okay. I like it. Pace University, believe it or not, is apparently in in Lower Manhattan, New York Ooh. City. Wow. Ah, okay. So the winner is Sukdeep. Yeah. Nice. So number ten, we're getting towards the end. It's 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 five four. It's Gripping stuff right now. Um, where should we go? Um, okay, we're going for Tuskegee University. What? Pronounced Tuskegee. It's pronounced. It's, spe- it's... it's spelled. Do you know what? Let me actually like search the name of the town. I don't understand how that's pronounced. I don't understand what they do there. But As in anyway, like it's it's spelled tusk like animal tusk like T U S K, then an E, and then G E E. So it's like tusk E Tuskegee oh. Tuskegee University, known as the Tuskegee the Tuskegee Golden Tigers, um, at Abbott Memorial Alumni Stadium. Who's first? Uh, you are first, Tristan. Go to Skeggy. <laughs> I don't know many towns that start with Tusk. And the only one I can think of is Tuscaloosa in Alabama. That's, a, that, that's correct. It is a T-U-S-C. But, uh, but it still says the word Tusk. So yeah, I'll go Bama. Bama. You know what? That's what I would have gone for. Would you? Can I not go for the same answer? Because I agree with the Tuscaloosa. You you also think Alabama? Yeah, I okay. kind of agree with him. I kind of think he's right. I think he's on the right. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. So if we're both um, right, is that a tie? And it's, it's so much... if we're both right or both wrong? If you're, if you're both right, you get a tick. If you're both wrong, you get a cross each. So you, neither one scores. But uh, unfortunately, in this situation, you were both spot on it is oh, Alabama. Wow. Thanks, Tristan. <laughs> so no worries, Sook. <laughs> yeah, you've nailed it. <laughs> okay. I'm looking back through trying to find because I just don't think there's great geography spread of these places, but I've got one for sure. And I how the hell do you announce pronounce this? W- Wachita <laughs> Baptist University. It's spelt O U A C H I T A. Like Uwa Uwachita Baptist University, <laughs> they're known as the Tigers, <laughs> and Which they play, cheese. yeah, at the Cliff Harris Stadium, Uwachita Baptist University. <laughs> um, where is Uwachita Baptist University, Sophie? I'm gonna just go for Florida because we've not gone for Florida yet. Florida, 
Okay. I need to I'm going to I'm gonna go for one of the desert states. I'm going to go Arizona. This is going to be interesting because you're both kind of nowhere near, but we'll see how nowhere near you are. So you are 1,086 miles away. That's not that bad. No, no. Uh, where did you say? Arizona? Yeah, I'm miles away, I'm guessing. No, 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 You are... Oh, yeah, you're 1,194 miles away. Sukdeep takes it in, like, a moral victory of both being nowhere near. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in Arkansas. Wow. Yeah. So, what's the score? Three, six, seven. So, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. We're going to play the rules of, you know, if, 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 if Sukdeep's, like, it's not possible to win. Once it gets not possible for somebody to win, we'll end it there. But we're still, still going to have to play for so much so that we're going to go on to St. Anselm, Anselm College. A-N-S-E-L-M. St. Anselm College. They play at the Crapone Stadium. And they're the, and they're the Hawks. <laughs> That's a bit boring. The St. Anselm. Mm. Me first, Who's it? Isn't it? Oh, okay. I think it's me first. I may be yeah, wrong. I've, uh, I've lost. No, it is you first, Tristan. Oh, I have no fucking idea. I mean, I'm swearing an awful lot more than I thought I would be. <laughs> uh, like, uh... Oh, right. Ohio. Ohio. Okay. I'm going to say it's more... East side, just because of the word saint. Mm, Trying to think of that state. Let's go for God. Let's go east as possible. Let's go for Maine again. Maine again. Well, it did me well last time. Yeah, it's a clear cut win again for Suk, who's gone only 236 miles away. It's their neighboring state of New Hampshire. Ah. So it's now eight to five. And this is it. This could be it. Uh, Tristan now is. I mean, hold on. Oh, yeah, because you had a draw. Tristan's playing for a draw overall. Suck, you just need one more to sort of uh, finish off the, the situation. And I'm looking for somewhere. Um, and I just don't think there's a good geographical spread in Division 2 for some reason. There's certain states that I've not seen any teams in. Do you know what that calls for, right? No. She calls for, we're going to finish this off with Division 3. Oh, God. <sighs> Let's go. I mean, there's no reason to sigh too much because you had no idea with any of the other ones, so it doesn't really matter at this point. Yeah, fair point. Um, okay. Let's Is there go. a bigger spread between them then? <laughs> Apparently not really. No. Um, okay. We are going to go with the Castleton Spartans. Castleton Spartans. 
Mm-hmm. Is it my go? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for the state of Illinois. Illinois. Okay, let me just... I need to find the university on a map and you've gone for Illinois. Okie dokie. Tristan? Virginia. Virginia. This is going to be interesting, this one. I think this is going to be close. Oh, it's not that close, actually. (laughs) Someone takes it by 300 miles. The answer is Vermont. And the winner is Tristan. Tristan. Tristan is hanging on. Needed that. Hanging on. Hanging on for dear life. You do need back-to-back wins here now. Um, So, uh, trying to find a state that doesn't actually show the name of, like, the place in it. Um, Okie dokie. How about we go with Um, let's not go to the school that Quinn Maners went to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about let's go with the Redlands Bulldogs? The Redlands Bulldogs. Is it me first or Tristan? Uh, it's Tristan, I think. Redlands Bulldogs. Uh, there's the obvious sort of choices with yeah sort of bulldogs. It's <laughs> Is it just the state of um, what the, the other Bulldogs play for? But I just don't think that's going to be it. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to wage a bit of a guess here, and I'm going to base it. I'm pretty sure I think I read this somewhere a long time ago. Is that like a park full of trees in Northern California called Redland? Um, I'm pretty some... sure it might be North. Um, I, I think are, it may be Redwoods. Yeah, maybe, maybe Redwoods. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my little. I'm gonna go with my gut here. I'm gonna go Redwoods, that West Coast. I'm gonna go California. Okay. I was thinking Redlands, like sort of Death Valley and place like that. So I, I was thinking more, maybe somewhere like Arizona. Hmm. Interesting. So. The the redwood tree, and I've got absolutely no idea if it anything to do with this, but the redwood tree, I'm sure I knew was a California-based tree. The redlands, I'm not sure if it's anything to do with redwood trees, but the answer is indeed California. Wow. Um, so, Come uh, back. I mean, it, it potentially <laughs> could be Tristan's absolutely flawed logic that has somehow become true, that he's won it. So, so... We literally have everything to play for in this final one. This, oh, this, is, uh, this, 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 is, like less, this is like Leicester all over again. If, if Tristan wins this, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go for a tiebreaker. But so you can bring this home right now. I'm going to stay with the letter R. No cheating, nobody. Mm. Rhodes, spelt like the Greek island Rhodes. R-H-O-D-E-S. Links. The Rhodes links. Hmm. Uh, and I believe Sukdeep is first. And what state? How is Rhodes spelt? It's like the Greek col- uh, college. Sorry, sorry, it's called Rhodes College. 
uh, the Rhodes College links, and uh, it's spelt like the Greek island, R-H-O-D-E-S. Yeah, so a bit like the Dusty Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. Don't know why, but yeah, I believe so. Can't remember where they're from now. Cody Rhodes, not sure. Where is he from? He's from Marietta, Georgia, apparently. And Dusty Rhodes' dad's from Austin, Texas. But died in Orlando, Florida. So a lot of, like, spread about. Hmm. He's in Florida because of um, NXT. But oh, I don't, I don't know why I'm moving on to wrestling, but... Said, hey, you kind of have to cling, cling, like, cling on to anything you can get, really. Road Links. Yeah, Oklahoma. Road's Oklahoma. Oak, Oklahoma. That's a bold guess that just came out of nowhere, but Oklahoma, okay, we take it. I was it. thinking right. of Jim Ross for some reason, that's all. And his okay. level for American football. Tristan, there's so much pressure on you right now, I can't even deal. I'll chuck it. I don't, I just don't know. I have no idea. America's I, such I, a big country. It, like Rhode Island just seems a bit too bloody obvious. Yeah. Like, uh, can't see many teams playing football there either. But you would no, think a Division no. Three team if it was only one, probably Division Three team. But no, sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm no one said not, Delaware I'm... randomly. <laughs> well, now you say it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, genuinely, now you say it. I'm thinking it, Delaware. Let's do it. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> God. If this is right, I'm going to regret that after saying Delaware. Oh, so deep. Have I blown it? Oh, no, not even close. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Tennessee. Ah, so uh, I'd be closer then. Yeah, but like it's literally do- double the yeah. distance to, yeah. to Delaware. <laughs> so you've, you've um, double crossed Tristan uh, and you finished strong. It's four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, two, three, six, nine, seven, nine. You know what? Not a bad effort, guys. It was a yeah. competitive game, but uh, yeah. Did you enjoy? The comeback yourselves? was almost gone for me, and then I threw it all away. Was going. That seems right, Delaware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rhodes College, Delaware. I'm sure I've heard of them before. Oh, um, I only heard of one on that entire list, and it was Good. again obscure. Yeah, I was scrolling through Twitter and some player that was going to attend Clemson that no one had ever really heard of didn't just attend Clemson and went to um, it's a predominantly black school I believe it's one of those mm. black historical schools right. um, in North Carolina which there's not many of and it was just I've heard the name and that was it the rest I had no idea well, good. I was trying to stay away from certain places like Adams State and things like that. I mean, I, I can't remember actually where Adams State is, but just ones that you might recognise. Mm. Like, um, you know, like <clears throat> and in anything that had the actual name of a state or a really notable city in it. But uh, no, we did alright. Well, there we are. A bit of fun to finish off, gents. And look at that. It's been uh, a long time. A long mm-hmm. time. So, um, there we have it. <laughs> Did you get any of them at home? Has any of you heard any of these colleges or universities that we've just gone through there? If you have, let us know. Uh, are they good? You know, We don't know anything about these places. I've never heard of any of them. 
Uh, and you try and get a hold of some of their players for the season. Yeah, randomly definitely. Let, well, let's let's do that and let's get them on for a game shall, and see what they this? know. Should we should we next week all pick a Division Two team to follow in a Division Three team? Sure, I'm going to follow Pace <laughs> University because I say I'm a New York City dude. So I need I need a New York. I don't have a New York. I'm a Nebraska fan because yeah, I I wanted a team. <laughs> Just well, I'm not going to go into that again. But there's no sort of big D1 college in New York City uh, or the surrounding area of New York City itself. So yeah, Pace University all the way. Go Setters. Go Pace Setters. <laughs> Pace Setters. So I love that. Really. I think it's great. I think it's really imaginative as well. Come just no, oh, go Knights, go Hawks, go whatever. Gents. Well, thanks very much for joining us for the first session back. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, and if you listen through our nonsense. Um, and yeah, take it easy. We'll be back next week. Back and ready to rock. So yeah, have a good one. Go get your vaccine if you can. And yeah, take it easy. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Bye, everyone. Bye.